0: ago as a student had a number of kind of part-time jobs to enable me to be able to study. And one of those was as a waitress. And I was, believe it or not, a pretty good waitress. I worked in a lovely cafe. We had really friendly, regular customers, and I got really adept at balancing things and remembering orders. But a friend of mine ran all the catering at the local golf club. And knowing that I was a waitress in a coffee shop, she asked if I would be willing to help out at a big event. I was like, yes, I've been doing this for a couple of years. I will help you out at the big event. Extra cash for Sarah as a student, always helpful. Meant I could buy myself more coffees and obviously books. Definitely not books. Okay, so I went to this golf club in Kefili, where I'm from. And there was this massive marquee and we spent the whole day setting up Silver Service thank you very much. We literally measured, we had measuring tools to measure where the cutlery was going to be and where the plates were. I mean the linen cloths were absolutely stunning and we had got this place looking absolutely amazing. And so then the event begins, all the posh fancy people come in in their posh fancy outfits and we're there like coiled springs ready to serve. So the evening is going fairly well, we get the starters out all going well. Collect the starters in. We're smiling. We're moving things away. There's chaos behind the scenes, but we're all like swans on the surface. Yes, yes. No, you want some melon? Yes, I can sort that out. And then it came to the main course, and because I had been a waitress for a number of years and had got pretty good at it, my friend said to me, "Sarah, will you serve the top table?" <gasps> Oh my would I serve? Oh, I would be so thrilled to serve the top table. So we take the food out and I'm given the joy and the honor of the gravy boat. I get the gravy boat. Chris, if we have the next slide, I I walk out, I go up to the top table. I'm there with the gravy boat, obviously serving the chairman of the golf club in his fancy tuxedo first. And as I lean over, wait for it, as I lean over with the gravy boat in my hand, smiling kindly and nicely, suddenly, like a slow motion scene in a movie, the jug begins to slip from my hands. The hot, sticky, wet gravy begins to overflow from the jug. And as I'm watching this happen, like I'm having an out-of-body experience, I see the look of shock register on the chairman's face as I deposit the gravy jug with the gravy all down his tuxedo and across the lovely white linens. Now, I don't know who was more shocked, him or me. I immediately start to try and wipe it up and apologize. He calls the manager out. And I am not allowed back into the marquee that evening. I'm not allowed to serve at the golf club anymore. I had to stay behind in the kitchen and do the dishes for the rest of the evening. Yes, I know, right? You see, I had been entrusted with the gravy, I had been entrusted to do a good job. I had been doing this job before. I had poured gravy before. I had poured hot coffee and hot liquids and managed to carry them to tables without this ever happening. And yet suddenly the thing that I was carrying overflowed to the person I was trying to serve. And I tell you that story because I want us to think about what we are carrying and what we're overflowing with what we're carrying within us and what we're depositing into the lives of others around us. God's word tells us that we are to be spirit filled people, what we're carrying, what we're entrusted and spirit led people that we're meant to overflow to the lives around us. What you carry in the spirit, you overflow to those around you. And sometimes unexpected things happen. sometimes we stumble or we fall, or we accidentally spill the gravy. But I want us to consider what is it that we 're carrying that is overflowing from within us? So first of all, then, what does it mean to be a spirit filled people? What are you being filled with in order to overflow with? Last week, Pastor John helped us to start thinking about that about how the Holy Spirit comes to be with us and within us because when we're squeezed or we stumble or we bump into others, we will overflow into their lives. Whether we choose to or not, that's just the very nature of life. And Ephesians 5 verse 18 says this, don't be drunk with wine. So if you weren't sure, fairly, fairly, you know, obvious. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What is it that God has put within you by his Spirit that he wants you to overflow with to those around you? Because whatever is within you will overflow. So, I have a lovely little illustration that may go terribly wrong. Are we ready? Okay. So, as I was in Tesco's yesterday, getting all my ingredients, I did have a moment where I was like, Perhaps this wasn't such a good idea. So, are you willing to give it a go with me today? Yes. Okay. I need two volunteers. (laughs) There's a difference between belief and trust. Okay. Two volunteers. Oh, I love that Joel and, yeah, Joel and Andrew, you come and join me. Okay. Can we give them a round of applause? You can either wear it or hold it. It may be a bit tight for you, Joel. Okay. (laughs) So if one of you want to stand that side and one of you stand this side, that would be awesome. Okay. It's going to get messy. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to put some gloves on. Don't mind me because I don't want to get messy. (laughs) Okay. So what are we soaking up? What are we taking in so that we can overflow? Are we taking in negativity? Are we taking in the kind of culture of the world around us, putting on these gloves is hard as any looks? Are we taking in the negativity from our past? Are we the kind of people who are soaking in things that are not actually good for us? And so when we bump into other people, what we overflow with as we've soaked up, as we're filled with the Spirit, is something that's not very nice something that's kind of like a little bit dark and a little bit inky, maybe we are a bit gossipy with people. (laughs) I'm really sorry if this goes through. It is washable. Maybe we're a bit harsh to someone as they come into the office. Maybe we don't make someone a cuppa when we really could. Maybe we're just lacking in a bit of joy around people. Sorry, Andrew. Maybe as we're soaking up the stuff that's not good for us, as we're squeezed by the pressures of life, we... Deposit that all over the people around us. And God says, instead of being filled by the muck of the world, by the culture of the world, by the negative things that we put into our mind and into our spirit, by the way that everybody else says is the way to live, we're instead to be filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit is about being filled with all the good things of God His grace, His love, His kindness. And so, when we bump into people, what we're being filled with, we overflow and it's bright. Hey! And it's light and it's nice. And it might be that actually we bring a bit of joy into someone's life and it brightens up their day. I'm trying not to go through the t shirt. And it brightens up their day. Look, there's some nice bright things on there. That we actually offer to do something that brings peace into someone's life. We might even say, Do you know what? We'll pray for you. And they're like, Wow! you pray for me. That's really lovely. That's brightened up my day. That what we're being soaked in, what we're soaking up, we deposit and overflow to others around us. But I think there might be something worse than overflowing with the stuff that's not good. It might be that we're not soaking anything up at all. And so when we bump into people, there's no effect. That actually we're really dry. And when we look to be around others and overflow... Nothing comes out. Thanks, guys. Can you keep those T-shirts on? Because I might need you back a little bit later. Thanks. Can we give a bit of a round (laughs) of applause? Now, I know that's a silly illustration. But actually, it says something about who we are as God's people. That the Holy Spirit came upon the early disciples and comes upon each of us in order that we flow out with the things that we're taking in. And it's our responsibility to say, fill me, Holy Spirit. It's our responsibility to go, do you know what? I'm feeling a bit dry. I'm aware that I've not really got anything to give out. So fill me, Holy Spirit. The idea of this scripture in Ephesians is to keep on being filled, continually filled. Because if you were to leave that sponge without being filled, it would dry up and there'd be no, nothing coming out. So it's our responsibility to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and fill me afresh. So if you've got your Bibles, let's have a look at Acts. I know we dipped into Acts a little bit last week, but I want to read from the end of chapter two. I'm so challenged. I've been reading through Acts a little bit recently, and I'm so challenged by the overflow of the people of God in the book of Acts. That they somehow understood what it was to be open to the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, grounded in God, so that what they overflowed with made an impact and a difference for good to the people around them. I don't know about you, do you want to see people's lives changed? <sighs> do you want to see like peace come into your environments? Do you want to see lives transformed? Do you want to be bolder in your prayers and in your witness? Then what we are filling our lives with is really, really important. So Acts 2 and verses 42 to 49, it's kind of a summary of all that the Holy, the Holy Spirit has been doing through the disciples. Jesus has ascended back to heaven. He said, it's better for you if I go, and sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and they wait and they pray. He says, he's going to come with power for you. He's going to come to enable you and to empower you. And on the day of Pentecost, we thought about it last week. Holy Spirit comes. There's fire, there's wind, there's craziness. Peter preaches, thousands get saved. And suddenly the church is born in a fresh way. Disciples are understanding this is what it looks like to be a disciple now that Jesus has gone. We're relying, we're leaning, we're filled with the Spirit, and we're led by the Spirit. And this kind of summarizes the kind of life that they begin to build. It says, They devoted themselves, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to pray, They were like, look, there are some foundations we need to get right if we're going to live well for Jesus. There are some foundations we need to make sure are in our lives. This is what we're being filled with. And then it says, verse 43, everyone, say everyone. everyone. Say everyone, everyone. Everyone was filled with awe. Can I be really honest? I don't know if I've ever been in a room of disciples where everyone is filled with awe. And I've been in some big crowds and small crowds, but everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So they're devoting themselves. People are filled with awe, These signs and wonders. It says all the believers, say all. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Well, that is a sentence and a half, isn't (laughs) it? All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They are overflowing with unity and generosity because they're devoted to these things and they're empowered by the Spirit. And what was possible for them is possible for us. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They weren't once a week. (laughs) They were like, no, every day there needs to be a part of my day that is dedicated to God. Their context, their structure was to go to the temple courts. Ours look a little bit different. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That bit, I do very well. Just so you know, I'm more than happy to eat together with glad and sincere hearts. What else overflows? Praising God. Praising worship overflows. Gratitude overflows. Generosity overflows. Unity overflows. Enjoying the favor of all the people. God moving on their behalf overflows. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Salvation and transformation overflowed. Why? Because of their devotion and their openness to the Spirit. And what is true for those early disciples can be true in our lives. I wonder if we really believe that today. These people, these early disciples were a people of overflow. They prioritized the things of God and empowered by Holy Spirit, they overflowed. Who wants to overflow with generosity? Anyone? Anyone? with grace, with some more miraculous signs, come on. Who wants to overflow with transformation and salvation that the people that we're praying for and witnessing to, we actually see them say yes to Jesus. And as you read through the book of Acts, you see this multiplied and expanded and exploding. It's overflowing everywhere. It's overflowing to the non-Jews, to the Gentiles. It's overflowing as jail cells are opened, not once, but more than once. There's an overflow of dreams and visions. There's an overflow of healing, an overflow of freedom, an overflow of the empowering of the Holy Spirit with his gifts that make a difference in the lives of others because they are filled with the Spirit and they are led by the Spirit. So what they're overflowing with is the character of God, is the grace of God by his Holy Spirit. Anyone here wants some more of that? I certainly am like, God, come on. And I believe that God longs for this for every church in every generation. I believe he longs for it more and more in us and through us. I wonder if you longed in that same way to say, yes, God, I want to be a person of overflow. I want to be filled with your spirit, not the dark, inky, nasty stuff of the world, but your goodness, your light, your grace, your joy, your peace, more and more of your supernatural empowering so that I can make a difference to the world around me. So I want to ask you a question then. What are you soaking up in order to overflow? To use the analogy of the sponge, what are you soaking up in order to overflow? Where are your priorities? What is your devotion? Can you look at what the disciples lived and say, okay, God, maybe there's some areas of my life that I need to realign and get back into line with you because I want to overflow in that kind of way. I want us to be that kind of people, generous, loving, gracious, selling things to give to those in need. I want to be a people of overflow who are filled with the spirit. And so what I overflow is not hot, stinky gravy, (laughs) but some joy. Man, doesn't our world need joy? Some hope. In an uncertain situation as we are in the UK, to be a people who go, Do you know what? Yeah, we're not denying the reality of that, but I want to tell you about a God of hope. I want to tell you about a God who can make a difference. I want to overflow some of his lightness and his goodness into you. You know, Jesus said that the Spirit would be with them and in them. John 14, 17, He dwells with you and will be in you. It's such a simple sentence, but I wonder if we lose the impact of it in its simplicity he dwells with you. God is with you and will be in you. God by his Holy Spirit is within you. So he's within you and he's upon you and he's with you for you and for the sake of others. I wonder how we make an impact. How do we make sure that what we're doing and saying is one for good? That actually we bring some brightness and some lightness into the lives around us. It's not simply enough to be filled with the Spirit. Last week, Pastor John very obviously told us that we need to be channels, not containers. That we're meant to let it leak out to overflow. How do we do that? By not keeping what's in us to ourselves, but being led by the Spirit to where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. So I want to tell you a story and you may have heard this before. I can't remember if I've told it here, but it's about an interesting guest I met at a wedding once. We've had a couple of nice weddings, haven't we? Oh, it's been good recently. Uh, But a number of years ago, I met um, a really interesting guest. You see, when you're the single girl, you often get put on the interesting table. (laughs) Oh, yes. on the table of, we don't know what to do with you. You're a bit chatty. All these weird, awkward people off you go together. And so I was on one of the, uh, those kind of tables at this particular wedding. I won't name and shame my friend who did it. And um, I'm sat on this table, and I think I maybe know one, two other people on the table. And you do the whole, hey, how, how do you know the bride, how do you know the room, all that conversation. And then we got to this guy who was blind, and he started to tell us the story of his life and how he'd come to know Jesus. And he was a blind marathon runner. Like, I don't know if you've seen the guy who just did the marathon in under two hours. Oh my goodness. Woo-hoo. But this guy was telling me, yeah, he said, I, I'm a blind marathon runner. I'm like, what? And he was like, and he is my friend and he's sighted and he's my guide runner. I was like, how does that work? And they started to tell me the stories of all the races they'd run in the countries they'd been to, the joy they'd had, the adventures they'd had. And they explained how it worked that the, sighted runner was tethered by the elbow or maybe held on by the elbow to the visually impaired runner and they would run side by side and the sighted runner speaks, go right, go left, obstacle ahead, rough terrain, grab for the water, whatever the instructions were to help the visually impaired runner get to the end of the race. I was amazed by this idea of this partnership and it had been a lifelong partnership. They'd been running together for years. And Holy Spirit just said to me, isn't this a picture of what I do with you? That I'm the one that sees the road ahead. That I'm the one that sees when you need to replenish and take some water. That I'm the one that needs to go, how about you slow down a bit? That I'm the one that goes, how about we pick up the pace a bit? That I'm the one that goes, go left, go right, go to this person, watch out, there's some rough terrain ahead. And you're the one that's listening and being led. You're the one that's in the midst of a noisy race tuning out all the other distractions and tuning in to my voice. Church, I want to challenge us not only to go fill me, fill me, fill me, but to go lead me, lead me, lead me. The Lord, I I don't want to just bump into people. I don't want to just squeeze and overflow. Imagine the difference on your front line. If you went into your place, whether it's a work or your family, whatever your week looks like, and you said, God, lead me. Where are you already at work, Holy Spirit? And how can I make a difference in their life? I'm on the bus. Lord, have you got a word that you want to to give me for someone on this bus? You know, Galatians 5.25 says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love the message version. It says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen the life of the spirit let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts but work out its implications in every detail of our lives let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives you know holy spirit is not some kind of force not an other not this kind of out there somewhere he's god He's the third person of the Trinity with all the same characteristics as Father and Son, but a different role in our lives. There are some great descriptions of Him. If we want to be led by Him, who are we being led by? How do we know if it's Him? Well, just there's four descriptions very quickly that tell us a little bit about who he is. Like in a running partnership, unless I can hear the voice of the sighted runner and I know the voice, I'm not gonna trust it and I'm not gonna obey it. If you don't know the voice of Holy Spirit, if you don't know how he speaks to you, if you don't know what he's like, you're not gonna be willing to be led. You're not going to be willing to trust what he's asking you to do, because sometimes he might ask you to do something a bit brave, or sometimes he might ask you to do something a little bit awkward, or sometimes he might ask you to do something that seems really silly, and you're not quite sure what's going to happen, but as you trust and obey, suddenly it all gets revealed to you. You know, Holy Spirit is a counselor. He's an advocate. That word is parakletos. I know, a bit of Greek for you on a Sunday morning in October. Parakletos, it means alongside to help, to call on. So what can we overflow with to people? Counsel, wisdom, help. God might be like, this person, I've been trying to get your attention for this person. I want you to just go offer to help them because that's what I want you to overflow with, my character, my nature. We know the Holy Spirit is powerful. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You know, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. Hello resurrection power. We go into situations that seem hopeless and desperate and we're able to go, no, I want to speak a better word. I want to overflow some hope into you. I want to overflow some of the life of Christ into you. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak, to share my faith, to pray. Holy Spirit is fruitful. We can be fruity Christians in the right sense of the word, fruitful. That he, his character is within us. Just look at those descriptions, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you imagine if we just overflowed with 5% of one of those, the difference it would make on our front lines? And actually what's amazing is as we let what God's put in us overflow to those around us, it actually blesses us, encourages us. And he's the giver of spiritual gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who gives each of them. What has God deposited in you that you need to overflow with? And is there anything that you're soaking up that is not of God that you need to leave to one side and say, actually, God, I just need to turn my devotion back to you. We invite the Spirit to fill us, to help us to grow in faith, to lead and guide us into truth and revelation. And there's not time enough today to do justice to all that Holy Spirit is and all that he desires to accomplish in us and through us. God invites us to experience the fullness of all he has for us so we may be a people who walk in step with the Spirit, seeing kingdom transformation as we actively follow where he leads. So, can I have my volunteers back up, please? Can we give them one more round of applause? So we have a choice to make church, whether we say to God, actually, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just going to continue to fill up on all the things that are not good. I'm actually, instead of reading your word, I'm just going to binge watch Netflix <laughs> or I'm going to just get busy doing all the things that I think are good and not realizing that every time I'm not filling myself up on you, actually, I'm, I'm leaving myself with an opportunity to you, soaking up the things that aren't of God or I can stay dry. I can go, do you know what? I've given out, Lord. I've done that thing. I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. And I make no impact on people's lives. Or we can say to God, God, you have put your light and your grace in me. And wouldn't it be amazing if the people that I encounter, I was able to just absolutely cover with your goodness and your grace. That what you've deposited in me, I can overflow with that to others, so that instead of them feeling down and dark and depressed, that I actually get to cover them with your grace and your goodness and your joy and your peace, that you empower me to speak words of hope into them, and that God, eventually, Lord, they would come to realize that you are the one who can make a difference in their lives. And our responsibility is what we're being filled with and how we're being led. Let's pray. Thanks, guys.